I know exactly what you're thinking. You're thinking scale matters. You're thinking performance matters. But above everything, you think security matters. Who can you really trust and why? What have experts in the field decided? We're going to reach out to those experts, see what they thought through, and understand their thought process, see who they chose in the end. That's this episode of Dev Radio. Welcome to the next episode of Microsoft Dev Radio. I'm Jerry Nixon, and I'm here excitedly with a technical evangelist out of Germany. He's Daniel. Daniel, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Jerry. Hi. Uh, Daniel, say your last name for me. Uh, Daniel Kreutzhofer. That's what I was going to say, but I opted not to. Uh, Daniel, how long <laughs> have you been part of uh, DX in, in Evangelist? Yeah, um, I've moved there. Uh, it was right about... March last year, and four years before that, I worked for Microsoft Services Department in Germany. Ah, well, welcome to the best team on earth, the evangelism yeah. team. <laughs> What's uh Now, tell me, you're in Germany, uh, specifically, you are, where are you in Germany? Uh, we are located in Munich, and uh, the exciting part is we, we have a pretty nice new office. We moved there uh, right about... September last year, and it's really exciting. So it's a bit like the Copenhagen office. Uh, so very fresh, very open, nice uh, insights, very very bright and friendly, and I like it very much. The the, uh, the cooler they make the the Denver office where I am. I mean, it's neat every time they're constantly. It seems like constantly under construction. It's neater and neater, and the more cool and awesome it is, the more I work from home. <laughs> I'm like, this is it's too much to take in. It's too awesome for me, and it's too much collaboration. I need to somebody needs to just slip the pizza under the door for me sometimes, and that's the that's the way it is. Now tell me, what type of an evangelist are you? I know we're you know we're broken up into into breadth and ISV and startup. Where, where do you fit into the, the pizza? Yeah, I'm, I'm working mainly at the ISV part of the X. Um, to be honest, we, we had the split um, the last years in Germany, especially, and uh, we decided to bring the team together now. So we have one team now, so there's no, dis, no separation anymore between breadth and depth teams, which is uh, really cool. Uh, so wow. anybody who was working in the, in the breadth team before, they have to be more technical now. And we have to do more uh, talks and, and stage appearances. So that's that's. I think it's a pretty good uh, thing that we have one team now. Nice. Yeah, I've heard some rumors that some things like that are going to be happening everywhere. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah. Gives everybody a chance to kind of do everything. And I feel like in the end, it serves our customers a little bit better as well sure. when everybody's you know drop more technical. We also have Stuart Paris on the call. And Stuart, you're the uh, the head of product management for video surveillance products. Very interesting. Welcome to the call. You're also in Germany. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Yes, I'm also located in Germany, in the best part of Germany, actually, in the south part, very close to Daniel. Okay. So I'm very excited to be on the show with you guys, and yeah, looking forward. In the best part of Germany. Those are strong words all of a sudden if I lived in Hamburg or somewhere. So, okay, well, welcome to the show. Tell me just a little bit about who you are. Are you a, a software developer or who is Mr. Paris? 
Actually, I'm the head of product management for video surveillance products. So my team and myself are responsible for any kind of video products. This could be IP cameras, recorders, software, in order to surveil any kind of premises. I see. So I have a, um, I have a construction yard, and I want to make sure that when all my employees go home, everything is safe and I can use your products to do that. Or I might even want to use your products to make sure my employees are being safe on the job. And so yours, I go to your product. Now tell me a little bit about your company for a second. Okay. Um, Abus is, was founded in 1924. And oh, it's the most wow. trusted German brand when it comes to security products. So next to mechanical solutions, we also offer security solutions for um, alarm systems, access control, and of course, video surveillance. And in combination, we can make this pretty unique. So these all work together. And um, so you could have an alarm panel, which is connected to a video surveillance product, and they could communicate with each, with, with each other. Fascinating. You're a one-stop shop for almost every, every security need a company might have. That's pretty fascinating. Uh, talk to true. me a little bit about, as technology is changing, how is security changing as well? When a, a company like yours in 1924, I think you said, that's a, boy, that's a long time ago. Obviously, you didn't have IP cameras back then. Things have changed as technology has started to become um, so prevalent and so easy now. What how has the company changed? How, how do you feel like Abus is different than it was even probably 10 years ago? Well, over the last 10 years, of course, the biggest change was that all products became some kind of online. So they mm -hmm. all received a network connector, to be quite honest. Yeah. And this made things a lot easier because at the same time, everybody was starting to have one of these mobile devices. And the demand also raised that everybody wanted to check their products online okay. yeah and on and the, the go from everywhere so they want this real-time kind of view into everything that's going on no matter what's going on where they are what time of day it is and of course that's that's something that I guess honestly we're all kind of accustomed to but it is actually a novel idea security used to be a little bit different than that in the past and talk to me about security and um, and, and new challenges now that we see these these all of these devices connected what is, um, what is ABUS seeing as far as, as new challenges that are coming up on the horizon that they're getting to kind of deal with and becoming a market leader in? Mm. Well, I guess the point is that the devices are more or less online now. But what we need to do now is to connect these devices in order for them to communicate with each other. Mm. And the best way to do this is, of course, in the cloud. So first, we need to enable them to talk to the cloud. And in a second step, we then can combine different features to make them even more intelligent. So mm. I guess this is the way the business is going. And this is also the same demand which our customers have. They want to have one platform where they can connect to and they have all the devices online and they can communicate with them or they can set them up or they can set up different rules. But as we start engaging with the cloud, you know, a lot of customers start thinking about data security, start thinking about things along the lines of encryption and pieces like that. When you, what do you see as far as um, Azure's ability to meet those needs? Yeah, there's a few aspects to that. Um, I think the, one of the, the main uh, 
things people uh, think about is where is my data, who mm -hmm. has uh, who has my data, and how can I control what happens with my data. And so what we what what we had in Germany uh, especially were a lot of customers demanding for a physical location in Germany where they can store their data. Uh, yeah. still using the same technologies that Microsoft offers in other data centers. So that's the reason why we have the German cloud now. And that was our first uh, point of contact with Avis was about um, how can we store our data safely and how can we communicate safely with our products and how can we met regulations. Um, Uh, mm -hmm. For example, in, the, in different industries, there is a specific demand for saving data locally. So that's what we talked about in the beginning. So we envisioned uh, an idea of the whole process from generating the data, transferring the data, storing the data, and then also using the data to make things more intelligent. And, and, and one of the really main factors there is the German cloud that we offer now. Well, and think about the alternative. The alternative would be to say, I, I go and I say, now, Stuart, I need you to build the, out these servers yourself so that we can store them. But all of those regulations that we have to think about, they would apply to him as well, not just, not just Azure because it's Azure. And so now we have to, have, we have to hire our new you know, chief regulation officer or whoever it is to keep track of all of this. That's part of the value of using a cloud like Azure where they – They meet all of those regulations. They find all those certifications and have them, and they kind of bear the burden of, you know, now what is it? What are we required in this geography? What are required in this industry? There's a lot of different pieces in order to manage that. And the, so, tell me a little bit about the German cloud. The German cloud is Azure with a what maybe a fence around it in the German geography. Yeah, it's a it's a construct that we have with uh, T systems, um, which is which means that Microsoft built the cloud data centers in Germany, and then basically we handed over the keys to them and said, "You are now the owner of the data center. You are protecting the data, and uh, mm -hmm. whatever happens uh, from a say um, regulation or a um, trust perspective is is your part." And uh, whoever asks uh, to access the data, uh, whether it might be a judge or a court, um, they have to ask the T-Systems, which is a German company, first. And then they come to Microsoft and say, okay, we have this customer here wants to access the data. We ask the customer, is it okay for Microsoft to hand over the data? Of course, if, if it's a German judge, uh, we, we have to follow the rules, of course, but there is no way um, for example, a foreign country like the USA can just go there and and ask for the data without asking a German regulator. Yeah, so that's fascinating. Uh, the main thing there. I see, uh, and 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 Germany is not unique in that. It's we're seeing that in a lot of different places. It's it's a big trend. So I think the the, the local cloud is actually a trend. So we we see this in in many different locations now that uh, companies want to st save the data locally. For example, in France, it's it's quite similar. And we, I think we are following this trend very, very uh, closely. Tell me some of the steps that you think about when you're trying to choose a vendor that's going to hold the data that you store for, in, for your devices. Actually, this is a real good point because in the whole decision-making process, this was the most crucial point for us hmm. because uh, privacy for our customers and for us is the biggest thing, okay? 
we have to think of that our products safeguard our customers. We are talking about products which are safeguarding your loved ones, your premises, your homes, your businesses. And this is the most valuable data you can have. So we need, for us it was clear, we had to gear up with the strongest partner and somebody who is in line with the German law, of course. Because of course. only this combination will make sure that we have the German law on one side, which is for the privacy very important. At the same time, of course, we need the strong partner which knows about how to secure the data, not only physically, but also, you know, by, by encrypting it and ever. And you just mentioned it. Yes, we are building up a team, of course, of software engineers and software developers at the moment here at Abus. But um, we don't want to have experts just doing the data privacy issues. So that's why here we trust, of course, uh, Microsoft. Yeah. Now, there's, there's always a dance, a little balance that's going on. A customer comes to you and they say, I want to be able to see what's going on in my devices uh, no matter where I am, no matter what time of day it is. But a lot of that needs to be balanced against actual security and you know, their geographic location does actually play a role in the ability to access the data in certain ways. How does Abus approach that? Uh, you want to give every feature, I'm sure, to your customers, but at the same time, you want to make everything as secure as possible as well. What, what are some of the considerations that um, Abus brings to the table? Well, our, um, our solution for this is that at the moment, all systems will also have a local backup. So they will always ah. work even offline all the extra benefits and the goodies, which makes it really interesting. These will most probably happen online. But it's very, very important that even, you know, if you don't have a connection to the internet, your alarm system or your access control will work. Just think of the case, you come home at the, in the evening, you want to open your door with the access control. Mm -hmm. For some reason, you have no internet and you cannot open the door. This is like no way this can happen. So yeah. we always have to make sure that we have a local backup at the customer side. And if you have the internet connection, you get all the benefits. Nice. There's so many things to think through, so many different scenarios. Uh, Daniel, this is a fascinating project. Talk to me a little bit at a high level. What is the, pro what is the project here? <clears throat> yeah, so we, we started, at the, I think last year, it was end of the year, we talked to Abus um, at their trade fair. And then uh, we decided to have some conversation about an, an envisioning, basically, what can be done with Microsoft technology to help Abus to achieve the next level in terms of security and data privacy and also cloud services to enrich their existing products, right? So, so the, we, we did basically this, this in envisioning sessions and uh, we decided to go little baby steps and do proof of concepts, um, what can be done with our technology and how we, how we can help um, make their products better. And so the, the process started there, and then we, we had some, let's say, high-level architecture, which means uh, we, we looked at several different parts, several different products. Uh, we started with the security panel and then also the security cameras and took those and said, okay, what, is, what are the main uh, features that we need when we look at the cloud solution? And the main features were, okay, I want to know, um, is, my, is my alarm panel, is it on? So is it basically enabled when I leave the house? Um, sure. Sometimes you leave the house and you think about, oh, maybe I did to forget uh, to set up the alarm. So I can check that and I can do that. I can enable it. And the other thing is I want to get alerted when something happens uh, at my home. 
And the same applies for the security camera. I want to have, let's say, the first idea was what, what can we do with the camera systems? Uh, so they can somehow, somehow be connected to the internet, but we want to make it secure. So we want to have uh, access to the video and uh, at the same time enrich that with uh, some intelligence. So that's the, that's the idea to, to be able to know, okay, there is somebody standing in front of my door. Who is that person? Do I know that mm -hmm. person? Maybe I want to let this person in. Um, and maybe the system can tell me already, okay, this is, the, this is somebody I know, I uh, have given him access to the door, so the door will open, it will maybe just ask for confirmation, so uh, scenarios like that. And the architecture uh, starts with a, as, we, as Stuart said it uh, very right, we have a local component at your house, which is basically taking care that even if there's no internet connection, these basic scenarios will work. And um, this, this component is, is running Windows 10 IoT Core, and then it connects to the cloud cool. part, and then there the, the magic basically happens in terms of enrichment of all these, these scenarios. Uh, so we're using right. various Azure technologies to do that, but the, the main thing is that we have a local part, and then we have a cloud part. And the local part can live for a while without the cloud. And I can I can see the reason as well. Talk to me just a little bit about um, video products. How does how does video different than typical IoT? Yeah, the thing there is uh, video generates a lot more data basically. So you have just the, the raw data that comes through the pipe uh, when you watch a video is is x times higher and a multi multiple times higher and this uh, this generates uh, a few problems actually so we have to to move the data from a to b in terms of just transferring an iot message which is very small and and, and can be compressed very very good uh, like say a few bytes uh, that is not an issue and you can do that over a mobile connection very well but sure. when it comes to video you have the issue that you need a bandwidth uh, it starts with, of course, the video quality. You want to see things like, so you have high resolutions, uh, good quality, in, in especially Abus products, they have a high resolution and a very high bandwidth capacity. So so you have to take care of all these, these, these things and the cloud needs to have the capacity to transfer that data to the, 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 uh, to the customer. And at the same time, you have like the demand for adapting the stream to um, the customer's end device. So, so you have a, let's say, starting with a high quality stream, which we can be transferred to the cloud, but what happens then? You have a small device and maybe your connection is bad, so you uh, surely don't want to have all this data uh, transferred to your device. You want to have some ad adaptive yeah. streaming to your device. Yeah. So, these so are that, becomes, that becomes pretty complicated as, as soon as I start thinking about just that much data and then how to process it properly. Inside Azure, what services uh, are you going to tap into to make to be able to enable that kind of data and use that type of data? Yeah, when we talk about the, the video part, um, there's there's a few considerations. So we can we can use Azure Media Services, uh, for example, to archive uh, and record data. Uh, there is a part of Azure Media Services um, that can do live streaming, but there is okay. also other solutions for that. It it depends a bit on how um, uh, how um, say problematic uh, or how critical the, the the latency for you is. So if you are very focused on having a low latency, so you want to see the video, let's say 500 milliseconds after it was produced, uh, yeah. there will be other solutions. 
uh, but it, when it comes to let's say long-term recording or uh, or reviewing uh, situations that happened in the past, um, media services is absolutely perfect. For example, and then in terms of the it's a messaging control mechanisms to um, transfer information back and forth, uh, we use IoT Hub, which is let's say one part of the solution. So to have some sort of control and device management. Um, I know you had an expectation going into this. You know, you had a business problem that you needed to solve. Um, and then along comes Daniel, and he's got a solution using Azure and other different pieces. What was your, what was your reaction? What did you think of the solution as it was coming together? Well, honestly, at the beginning, um, I was thinking that, wow, this project is going to take forever. Like, okay, <laughs> everything needs to be programmed. You start right from the beginning, right from scratch. And for me, it was amazing to see that, like, after the first two meetings, Daniel already scribbled the architecture of this cloud system on a whiteboard. And maybe another two days later, he, said, he called me and said, well, the first parts are already finished. You can already test it, like. And so learning that, you know, so much is already available. And this is the great thing for me about Azure, like, you know, there's so many different features already available for us. All you need to do is select the right ones and put them together mm. like a puzzle and make them work for you and then, you know, combine them intelligently. So this is for me the great part to see that, you know, you don't start from scratch and there's so much already available uh, from other projects which you just can reuse for our, uh, for our solutions. Well, Daniel, uh, he makes it sound like it was amazing. <laughs> it sounds yeah, like it, it was. was. It was a lot of fun, yeah. yeah I <laughs> had... It, Azure's kind of like Legos, isn't it? Where you, you just put these Legos together, and sure, there's going to be some work on your side, but not as much as you expect. Keep going, Daniel. Yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Sure. Uh, I guess the, 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 it's, like, it's like a Lego system, so you have all these parts. Uh, of course, there's a, a bit of plumbing that you have to do. Uh, as we say now, we are the, the plumbers, basically, doing <laughs> the, the work. But uh, a few pieces uh, you have to do. I mean, a few pieces have to be written, of course, in code. <clears throat> and that's where, let's say, the, the special things happen. So you have all these these pieces, and then the sum is, is bigger than the, the, the sum of the pieces. And uh, it was, uh, the process there was, uh, I think, for the first time when we did this in, in Germany uh, in, in such a scale, uh, and I invested a lot of time because it was also such a, such a fun part uh, to do that sure. and to work together with the customers. So it was different than with other customers, for, for example, where the challenges were there, but this time it was really much more fun. Yeah. It's so funny that in our industry, think that work is fun, but so often that is the case because it's so creative and you're able to make such a difference. It's, it's really, uh, it's amazing actually and very unexpected. Um, now you talked about scale. Obviously, Abus is going to need to scale enormously. Uh, one, of the, one of the characteristics of your architecture, I know, is app, app services functions that you've introduced from, um, from Azure. And, and we can use functions as tiny little atomic operations that can scale so big. Tell me a little bit about what you did with Azure Functions. Yeah, so we, we used Azure Functions to um, process messages coming from the devices. So you can imagine... Um, the devices will produce a lot of um, uh, statistical data to analyze. For example, we have log messages, we have uh, information about how healthy the devices are. Uh, so telemetrics, uh, telemetry from the data from the devices. Uh, and we need to um, take this data, first pipe it through 
some channel to the cloud. And this channel is, uh, there is only one channel you, you have to imagine and you have to distinguish at the other end, you have to separate all these things and say, okay, this is this kind of uh, information that has to go this way because it needs to be analyzed data. And then you have the real-time information which needs to be processed right now. And then you have uh, debugging information that you want to use to make the system better and to, to find problems. So the first uh, thing is you have to make decisions in the cloud and to, to direct things in, in the right way. So that's, that's the first thing that we used Azure Functions for. Because there is there is other things like stream analytics, but uh, in, in terms of the latency, I think Azure Function is one uh, one big thing um, that makes it much 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 faster to process all this information. And then afterwards, in the Azure Functions, uh, we can we can uh, also send this information, for example, to cognitive services to process images. For example, that's that's one part that's possible there, and that's <clears throat> why we decided to use it because it scales. Sure. Because it basically, it doesn't matter how many messages come in. Uh, there will be, a, a, let's say, a switch which we can pull and say, okay, we need more capacity now. Uh, the shared hosting model, for example, is not enough anymore for us. We can we can switch over and go to, uh, let's say, the, the uh, our. I, own I, I think it's worth developers hearing this idea of scale goes both ways. Capacity scaling inside Azure, not just functions but everything else, scales up. I mean, not infinitely, but it really can scale up, but it can also scale down so yeah. that you don't have to have a million-dollar proof-of-concept project. It can really be on a shoestring budget, and all of a sudden you realize you like it, you love it, and you want it in your, in your business, and now all of a sudden you just slide that slider, and all of a sudden you have the ability to scale up to real business, right, and your ability to handle all of your customers' data. So this idea of scaling, I think, is, is super valuable. Um, so we have Azure Functions as an important part because I can do this. What do you see as additional services inside Azure? I heard you mention cognitive services. What are some of, if that's not what you're using today, what, what might it be tomorrow? Yeah, I think there's pot, uh, potential for uh, machine learning services. Uh, just one sample. So once we have the data in the cloud, I think that's, that's the first thing is to make a secure connectivity, to have a, a, a way to transfer the data back and forth, and to have a secure way to do that and to control and manage the devices because of the onboarding, for example, is also something that needs to be secure, but at the same time needs to be convenient. So you have to find a balance between I want to have something that's convenient and easy and on the other side it needs to be very secure so nobody can break in. Right. And then you have, uh, once you have done this, you can do a lot of things like you can enrich uh, this data and take this data and analyze it and make something that, that's more than just the data. So like uh, find out what's wrong with the devices. May they can't probably go... Uh, uh, may there, may there, for example, be failures coming up because there is something that we can see in the future happening with those devices, or can we find out uh, uh, what a specific um, kind of person is doing? So he's, let's say, he's enabling a feature that helps him control his house uh, and find out what is he at home or not. I mean, you can find this out in, in, in various different ways, but you could also try to do this with technology like ABOS offers to find out is somebody at home or not. Mm. Yeah. So usually he switches on the alert panel and then surely uh, he is, he's out of, uh, out of his home, but let's say he has forgotten to enable it. Can the system be intelligent and find out if somebody is at home or not? So this could be sure. a scenario I could imagine. Sure. And that can be enabled uh, through the cloud. Um, good work. 
Thank you, thank you. Uh, it was it was actually um, not only the technical part. So um, I think the fun comes if you have uh, an idea how a product could evolve in, in terms of uh, Ibis. It was let's say we have the legacy products, and the way they they did business was shipping and selling these products for a long time now. So to basically the model changes. And the interesting discussion is not only about the technical part for me, it's also about to talk about how can they make money in the future mm -hmm. and we don't have to think only about how can we solve this in a technical way, but also how can we assist them by build it, to build a new business model or to, at least to change it or to add something on top of it to make money in a different way. And that's where we can, we can assist and that's what, what actually makes this whole setup very interesting. So we can, we can uh, tell them we have, we have scenarios that exist. We can tell them how other customers make money with the cloud, and this this applies here as well. I I think it's I think it's it's neat to have the theme over and over again is the value of Microsoft as a partner is legit. It's not just something we talk about. Let, let me let me back up for a second. There's a developer watching this show, and they're very interested, especially in. Um, some of the the higher end things that you have been involved in. Where do you point developers who are ready to get started? You know, they work for a similar company that does similar things, and they'd like to have a similar kind of accomplishment. Where where do you point them so they can begin to learn and be effective? I think the first uh, thing they have to think about is um, what is the problem that I'm trying to solve. So uh, some. Uh, let's say entering the market or trying to find out what is IT. IT is a, in a, say a, a cool hype for now, but you have to focus on your problem. So you focus to find a problem that you really want to solve that really brings, if you solve it, that you get some value for the customer and yeah. identify that. And then um, the first point uh, or the first thing I want to point people to is really our, our IoT uh, page, uh, which we have uh, uh, Azure. IoT hub information, we have the IoT suite, and that I think it's a good entry point to just have a high level view of what's happening there, what's possible, the different scenarios, and then you can uh, dive deeper into our documentation. And then we have a lot of sample code, and as a result of this engagement, uh, just for example, we have also created a, let's say, a reusable components that you can uh, use and um, take over to another project maybe, just for the basic part, of course, because there is, of course, things that Avis are very Avis-specific that we don't cover here, but we have, let's say, a good starting point sure. um, for uh, local connectivity. Yeah, so uh, like... And yeah, I, I, I think that's good advice, by the way. Yeah, to even start with the business problem is is makes plenty of sense. Don't start with an IoT solution. Start with the business problem because even look at Avis, right? They have a what you might think is a generic IoT solution, but until you start digging deeper and you see things like, well, what about uh, local whenever the, it's disconnected? And what about all these other scenarios that come in that are going to be specific to whatever business is trying to implement this? So don't forget that um, even though solution to solution, there's a lot of similarity, business to business, there is differentiation between them that give them both their value proposition and everything else. Daniel, this has been a fascinating conversation. Thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, yeah, and uh, thanks yeah. for uh, having us there. I think the best part was um, that we um, we had the chance to really talk about that, and I hope that uh, it will uh, generate some, let's say, 
audience or interest in the audience about how we do projects and how the technology hand can help. Nice. And uh, Stuart, thanks for talking to us about ABIS. I feel like the future is very, very bright. Congratulations on all the things that you've accomplished and the things that are coming soon. I think it's very exciting for both you, your business, and of course for your customers as well. Today, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. You bet. We'll see you again.